There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Your body is unique. So why would you settle for a weight loss plan that's one size fits all? Noom is the weight management program that takes into account your biology to build a custom plan just for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm very lucky to be joined in the studio with two special guests, if you don't mind introducing yourselves. Uh, our name is Gray. My name's Kyle. I'm Michael. We are really excited to have Gray in the studio. You are an amazing electronic duo. You came out with a, a single uh, last year, Starving, written by you guys, Haley Steinfeld, and featuring Zed. And it was certified platinum, reached number 12 on the charts, a super big hit. You guys must be overwhelmingly excited. Yeah. And so each week on our show, we break down a song or an album or a musical idea. And what we need is we need your help breaking down Alessia Cara and Zed's new song, Stay. It's climbing up the charts. It's doing really well. Nate and I tend to think about music from a sort of more classical perspective because we took a bunch of wonky 18th century <laughs> classical music theory classes, right? Yeah. And so we think about chords and melodies and lyrical themes, and we're not necessarily sure that this applies well to looking at a song like Stay. So we want to enlist you as our resident experts because yes. when I listen to your music, it embraces all sorts of other kinds of things that don't fit within our vocabulary. So what we're going to do on the first half, we're going to listen to Stay. You're going to help us break this thing down. We have a crazy theory that we want to test on you and see if we're on point. And then we basically want you to correct us. In the second half, we're going to talk about your new single, I Miss You, and break that down. Cool. Sound good? Sounds yeah. good. So the first thing we should do is drop the needle and listen to Stay. Waiting for the time to pass you by Hope the winds of change will change your mind I could give a thousand reasons why And I know you And you've got to Make it on your own, but we don't have to grow up We can stay forever young Living on my sofa, drinking rum and cola underneath the rising sun. I could give a thousand reasons why, but you're going, and you know that all you have to do is stay a minute. Just take your time. The clock is ticking, so stay. All you have to do is wait a second. All 
All right, Nate, we're going to go to you because I think you have a wild musical theory that you want to throw at us. We do. Uh, we have concocted our own interpretation of this song. <laughs> I think in part that's due to Alessia Cara's vocals on this track are just so impassioned. I mean, like with everything she sings, there's just so much like immediate drama and pathos in there so to us this song is kind of a, a dramatic scene like a play of sorts and each section is kind of a different stage in the theater yeah we start here in the verse and we have the first lyric we get is waiting for the time to pass you by waiting for the time to pass you by and we have a melody that's kind of like swung is how we think about it right it has this triplet feel da 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 da, da. right can i play that on the piano at this point the urgency of the song the drama hasn't really kicked in yet uh we have kind of this this sad these sad overtones but it doesn't our our protagonist doesn't seem that stressed out yet. i have to say when, when i first heard this song i had no idea where it was going to go mm -hmm. i heard this sort of swinging thing it was slow it was sort of drawn out yeah. and i thought this was going to be maybe a ballad right <laughs> so i feel like we're being set up with uh something slightly misleading yes and i think that's really revealed with like one of the most fantastic and unexpected moments of this song which happens right between the first verse and i guess the pre-chorus we have uh timbale phil make it on your own but we don't have to go up we can stay forever yeah. love that phil so good yeah and i mean that timbale phil just comes out of nowhere after out of like a different <laughs> song almost yeah and all of a sudden it's like the pivot point to it's like the portal to a new dimension <laughs> it's like the wardrobe in narnia right it takes you into a new world yeah i think what zed does best is play with your expectations and mm. if he gets you thinking that the song is going to be one way then he'll just change it up and i think that's what any good artist does is make you expect one thing and then give you another you know yeah so all right this is the insider info we were looking for <laughs> gray this is this yeah. is good and then everything else changes too right we have this like thicker rhythmic texture and the melody that was kind of swung and like a little lackadaisical da 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 da, da now all of a sudden gets very straight and a little tense even staccato So we've gone at once to like this tropical world where we can imagine drinking rum and cola underneath the rising sun. <laughs> the timbali took us there, but it also raised the, the stakes of the drama of this song a little bit. It, it sounds a little more urgent, uh, a little more concerned, maybe. Yeah. Make it on your own, but we don't have to grow up. We can stay forever young. And at this point, we should probably step back and, and talk about like what this song is about in general. And it's right there in the title, Stay. This song is like a plea, right? It's like, don't go, stay. All you have to do is stay. It's really, I mean, by the time we get to the chorus, I just kind of spoiled it, but... By the time we get to the chorus, it's like, it's pretty heavy. I hear a lot of desperation in Alessia Cara's voice. Mm -hmm. I like how you talk about it like a scene where I feel like 
the first verse, they're sort of sitting down in the room, and, the, and then the pre-chorus, when it starts to speed up, they're both standing up, and one's starting to walk towards the door. Yeah. And then... I think something that's really cool recently with pop music is a lot of the vocals have been very, very specific. Yeah. I feel like that's what's working a lot recently. It's really cool. I like it. Tell me more about that. Like, in terms of the, the sounds you choose? In terms of lyrics, really. Oh, gotcha. Closer, for instance, is very specific in the way that they talk about the storyline of the song which is really cool I like that. There's a lot of powerful visual yeah. imagery that you can you, you can conjure. It, it, yeah. Even though it, oftentimes these lyrics are fairly universal, mm -hmm. sitting by a beach drinking rum and cola. Yeah, like it could very... be any beach. It could be any kind of cola, yeah. your preference. You automatically have an image of what yeah, it is exactly. for yourself. But it, it's really... still a lot more specific than a lot of songs that I can think of where because of how vague the lyrics are and how metaphorical they are, it doesn't, it actually makes you focus more on the rhythms and the melodies and less on what they're actually saying because it doesn't, perfectly makes sense and that's probably what they were going for but i think music also goes through phases and we're probably in a very specific phase of pop music i'd say don't spoil <laughs> the other half of the song <laughs> no no you're totally into it you totally got it my bad my bad <laughs> yeah we're moving from the the highly specific here and then when we get to the chorus all of a sudden we've become a lot more universal i think yeah mm. right all you have to do is stay now I see this as another one of these Zed tricks where he does the last thing you expect. Yeah. When we get to the chorus, everything drops out except the vocals. And again, it's another one of these startling moves. Yeah. And I think it's like not not at all what you expect a chorus to do, which is like ex expand. This one contracts and gets so dry. Yeah. I think what's most impressive about that part is how good it sounds. And there's only three elements just at the beginning yeah. of that. It's crazy that, yeah. that you can have that little amount of elements and it sound that good. And we've so, come so far. Yeah. Wait, yeah. what would those three elements be? The vocoder, the synth, and then the vocal. Just those three things at the beginning, at oh. least before the like drum line comes. They're in. all kind of they're all blurred together in yeah, a way. They're, just yeah, they're one. blurred together to sound like yeah. one. But yeah, yeah it's, it's the, the lead vocal, the vocoder, and the bass under it all. Can you explain what a vocoder is for, yeah. for listeners that may not be as familiar? So basically, a vocoder is an effect that you could put on a vocal that will turn it into a chord essentially mm -hmm. so you can feed it notes you'd like or any chords that you want and then it will play that chord essentially through the voice of the person back to what michael was saying yeah the three elements just as a general rule with music anyone who's tried to make music or i think it applies to any art it's really easy to put a lot of things in there um, but it's really hard to have a, just very few amount of elements and make it still sound good because that means each of the elements needs to sound amazing, mm. right? It's easy to like confuse the audience by just throwing 50 <laughs> layers at them, but by making it sound really good with three layers is actually really, really hard to do. So right. props to Zed for that. There's nowhere to hide in this chorus. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. see what you mean. It's a bold move and one that pays off if you're buying this dramatic structure because all of a sudden it's like our singer is kind of just yelling into the void and there's no response to her, this entreaty to stay. Just stay, she says. And then she gets nothing back. She just gets this 
deafening silence. So stay. A kind of silence that I don't encounter on a lot of pop songs. You'd almost, I think if I were like driving the car, I'd be like, wait, did my radio, I just like lose my radio signal or something? <laughs> but it's very, okay, so, so now we're in the chorus. It's very uh, effective. And then what comes next? Charles, why don't you take the, the next section? So we've called this the pop drop. <laughs> I don't know what you all think about it because you write them. We've never written, well, we, we kind of tried to write one. We weren't very good at it. Yeah. But what we've seen in Zed's music and some of your music and lots of stuff on the charts as well is this, as, as Nate was saying, this chorus, which is diminutive. It's, it's small. There's not a lot happening. There's few elements. And the big moment is afterwards. And it's kind of like a big EDM drop. But it acts kind of like as a super chorus. And so we called it the pop drop. Yeah. Sure. Uh, what do you what do you guys call that? Um, well, it's kind of tricky because, like you said, what people used to call the chorus, everything's been shifted back essentially. Yeah, right, right. So the what used to be the pre-chorus or the build or something like that is where we place the chorus, and then after that, where you would usually have the loudest, biggest part of the song that used to be called the chorus, now we do our EDM thing, I guess, <laughs> and make it even bigger. So what you were getting at before where there's just like an empty void and there's just so much silence, I think the drop also represents that in a way because if you look at the offbeats of the two and the four, so literally there's only one sound playing on the and of two and the and of four and it's so alone and in that same way that you were saying Alessia was. So I think it represents that well. Two, four, two, four, two. Huh. Yeah, reinforcing that idea of isolation. Yeah. And in that, I mean, and, and Charlie and I, I don't know, we've listened to this song a lot of times and, and we've kind of become fixated on this sound that now I see as another one of these Zed surprises, which is this like deep male voice going, uh, <laughs> or some approximation of that. <laughs> and once again, it's like, where is that? Cover that's like from another song that's from like a I don't know like a hip hop dance track or something and what's it, what's it doing in there yeah what does it do I guess it keeps us on our toes kind of as as listeners in a way in my head the uh is kind of like the response to the fill it's just like oh like that was a great fill that's great yeah what do you think the likelihood is that that is actually Alessia Cara's vocal it's not down pitched it's not it's not yeah <gasps> no it's not. no we we know who it is really <laughs> yeah I don't know if we it's, should it's, say it's top secret it's not that it's top secret it just it just wouldn't be smart to say on this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, it's good to have secrets. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So at this point, we are, I, I think we, we can uh, deploy some of our like classical harmonic analysis in this song because the chord progression here is kind of interesting. Charlie and I were talking about how this song doesn't have a lot of like tonal clarity. There's, there seems to be some ambiguity as to where the root of this song is, like what the tonic is. Yeah, we're not sure what key we're in. Yeah, it's like we can't decide. We seem to alternate whether the song is in A-flat major or F minor. And I think part of the reason it's for that is because during this, <laughs> this chorus, this oscillating chord progression kind of, 
that moves from D flat major to E flat major to F minor back to E flat major and then at this point you would hope to get some clarity and it would either go to F or A flat but it doesn't it just keeps going back to D flat E flat F minor E flat so it seems like this like very intentional choice not to give the listener any firm ground to stand on, I guess, harmonically speaking. And maybe it's really stretching, but what they're talking about here is the clock is ticking, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the pendulum of the chord progression going back and forth and back sure. and forth yeah. like a clock and you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. And, Which is then reinforced by the literal sound of a clock that we get towards the end of the yeah. chorus. The Couldn't another songwriter decide to take this into a happy, rejoiceful place where, oh, the person actually stays and it lands on the major key. All you have to do is play a second, your hands on mine. The clock is ticking, so stay. <laughs> and it could have gone there. Yeah. It, it would have not been as satisfying because we would have had de- a definitive answer. That's, yeah. that's what's so interesting about being a producer is you kind of have the final say in a way because huh. no matter what someone wrote with lyrics or a melody, the way that you revoice it with chords and with the production that you make completely changes the intent of the song. So, Or it can at least. Well said. (laughs) Yeah, this is an interesting question. Like, not just with this song, but with a lot of the songs Charlie and I talk about, it's kind of an open question whether the choices that we interpret as having a lot of meaning, in this case, like a lot of dramatic narrative meaning, are, uh, I guess, predetermined or, or sort of conceived at the outset, or whether they're more improvisational and accidental and kind of shaped in the studio or in the process of recording. I mean, without speaking like every song, just in your experience, is there, is there, is, are you like on more on one side or the other? Do you like outline it all at the beginning or is it all in the process? Everything's an accident. <laughs> Everything. It's like the title of your memoir right there. Yeah. Well, it's an accident, but it's, it usually happens beforehand. Um, it's not something that like we halfway through your song are like, oh, that actually would have sounded better. No, it's usually like the beginning when it comes to chords. Right. Yeah. Like, like a lot of the time in pop music, the songs are written by someone else. Sure. Who, and that's just, that's a very standard thing. And they might have had their own meaning on what type of song it is. Yeah. And they have, they, they probably wrote it over their chords. But then with modern music, a lot of the times it takes someone else, like a producer who then takes that and then, does whatever they think sounds best. And a lot of the time, it's totally separate from what the original writer originally intended, but they think it's even cooler. Yeah. Like that, we've had that happen lots of times mm. where we've gotten vocals from writers and they're like, wow, I never thought of it that way, but that's even cooler than what I thought. Yeah. I enjoy that because it then gives us permission as listeners to further interpret mm-hmm. what's going sure. on. I mean, obviously, Nate and I come up with these absurd yeah. theories about what is this song about? And really, it's what is it? How do we hear it? It's yeah. not what yeah. the intent is of, of the songwriter or the producer. It's just yeah. it's out in the ether now. Yeah. You're never going to hear the original intent anyway. I bet if you even spoke to the person who wrote any song, they, they can't even tell you exactly what something's about. So right. mm. it's always about intent. There's just these layers of 
how things get morphed over yeah, time. Imagine right. how it is with movies. It's probably even crazier. With thousands of people participating. Yeah, there's just so yeah. many people editing it along the way. So we've taken this song, which, as we were saying, we are applying sort of our view of a, a sort of more traditional classical approach to breaking it down. What are we missing? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think what you were just talking about is partially what you're missing because I think a lot of people ascribe too much intent mm. that there was a plan all along and that we, as a producer, you make some decision based on something ideolo mm. ideological, but it's usually that something sounds really, really cool to do one way. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I feel like that for us, but I'm not sure if most producers go that deep when it comes to making sounds. Yeah, it's, you're probably right. It's probably just whatever sounds the best. Right. Because that's kind of what you know. Yeah, we're just, like we're just sound nerds, really. Yeah, it's, uh -huh. it's like a different breed of person. Which I guess then explains this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like one of our favorite parts of the song. Yeah. yeah. And it's just literally a really tasty fill, so... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I went for a hike up in uh, Griffith Park the other day, and I was just listening to this song and your song on loop. And what was interesting is these these little moments were the ones I just got totally stuck in. Yeah. And the song would repeat, and I would be waiting for that little 100%. second to come, and boom, it hits you. And it's just it's so powerful. And I, it, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to have meaning. It just feels awesome. Yeah, sure. I like to think of it as it's what's cool about producers in this day and age is like they even though they don't sing and they're not like the main focus per se if you're just listening as a regular listener because usually you're like oh it's a singer it's their song but like that's kind of like their voice like they have these really cool fills with these really cool mm -hmm. chords, uh, crack chords everything sure though i would also throw out the possibility that you think of yourselves as sound nerds who gravitate towards certain fills for their tastiness quotient. <laughs> but perhaps unconsciously, you're also drawn to them because they link with the message and meaning of the song in some subtle way that you're not even like necessarily aware of. Maybe I'm getting too Freudian now. That's, that's, <laughs> that's totally possible. A possibility. No, that, that's totally possible. So yeah. I actually think this is a great bridge into talking about all your music because you've worked with Zed there are some similarities between these songs in terms of being in a similar BPM. There's some harmonic ambiguity. There's a female vocal. Mm -hmm. But these songs are totally different, yeah. totally their own. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go into your song, I Miss You. Yeah. And uh, see you on the other side. Cool. Cool. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Most weight loss programs focus on restriction and inflexible routine, which is why most diets fail. But Noom isn't a diet. It's a weight management program that uses psychology and biology to help you develop healthy, sustainable habits. Noom believes that weight loss starts with the brain, and their daily lessons are tailored to help users understand the science behind food cravings and eating choices. Whether you want to lose weight, increase physical activity, meet a health goal, or simply change the way you think about food, Noom can help you build healthy habits while still enjoying your favorite foods. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. 
Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Switched On Pop. On the first half, we broke down Zed and Alessia Cara's stay with our guests, Kyle and Michael from Gray. And now what I want to do is do a segment called Off the Charts, where we take a song that we want to see rising on the charts real soon, and that is your song, I Miss You. I was saying earlier, I can't tell you how many times I've <laughs> listened to this tune. And it's funny, oftentimes I'll listen to it one time through, and I'll be like, next time through, I really want to pay attention to the second verse, and then I'll get totally distracted in a, in a great way. Like, <laughs> yes. it, it takes me in all sorts of directions, and it doesn't get boring, I think, because it's just constantly building. So I can listen to this on the repeat, and it just continues to entertain me. And I was saying on the first half, there are some similarities here between our first track, a sort of similar BPM. We have a lead female vocal. It features this EDM pop drop sound. It has this non-resolving chord progression. But I think this thing is entirely its own. And I think Nate and I were most blown away by your production and your use of texture and gesture, <laughs> elements that we don't think about as much. And honestly have confused us. <laughs> so what I want to do is we're going to drop the needle, take a listen to the track, and we need your help in figuring out what the heck is going on here. Cool. Let's do it. I used to know you better, better than anyone. Now I don't know you at all. You used to keep my secrets. Shallow is turned the deepest. Now I got someone else to call. Cause I don't make a thing about it Don't mean that I'll never think about it Cause I do Just cause I learned how to live without you Don't mean that I ever really wanted to mm. I miss you Yeah, yeah After all that we've been through I never told you that I do But I miss you Beautiful stuff. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. When I heard this, I kept trying to find something to grab onto, <laughs> mm -hmm. trying to apply the way that I think about music and constantly break things down. And it kept failing. And there was only one thing I could find. Okay. And, and this is an honest compliment that mm. I am confused because I really think that you're employing a whole language of electronic music and doing it in a way which makes it very organic. And I don't know what I'm hearing. Responding to what you said about how... Uh, you were listening to the mm. song and, and you couldn't pick up anything. Um, I just want to say that's probably because we aren't as good as Zed at, at simplifying things. <laughs> so like us and Zed came up from the same way where we grew up listening to like metal and rock and a lot more complicated types of music, prog metal and things like that. But he's older than us and he's better at <laughs> simplifying things. So I think a lot of that is that our music is probably still a little bit too complicated 
but that's okay. On the other hand, maybe you're <laughs> embracing a really effective wall of sound kind of approach. Sure. And there, because yeah. uh, there are moments here where subconsciously I feel the music, and then consciously as I try to narrow in, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, what is that? There's one thing that I know I'm hearing. I'm hearing some underlying riff that seems to go throughout the entire song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear it in the opening. I used to know you better, better than anyone. I know there's a guitar that eventually does that, and mm-hmm. I and I don't know if you have <laughs> manipulated so that confused. guitar and turned it into something else. <laughs> yeah. After all that we've been through, I never told you that I do, but I miss you. I'm looking at a book on my bookshelf, which is the study of orchestration. Mm-hmm. And this is what I was thinking about, was that you have taken something simple that runs throughout the entire thing and you've orchestrated it in so many different places in different ways that it sounds new every single time. This is a really cool opportunity because we don't really talk about orchestration so much. Uh, like in the course of the song, we start with this un- <laughs> the sound that we don't know what to call it. What, what should we? What are we going to call it though? For just for our uh, purposes right now, it's actually a kalimba. kalimba. A kalimba. It's actually a kalimba. Yeah. <sighs> what is a kalimba? You hear it a lot in pop music nowadays. I, I would say like the sound of 2016 and 2017 is the kalimba yeah. in yeah. pop music. Like, don't want to know from Room Five, for instance. Mm, yeah, totally. At the beginning, or, yeah. That's actually an African thumb piano, like an imbira, like a gourd, a oh, dry right, gourd, yeah. hollowed and and attached with little metal pieces that you play with your thumbs. Hmm. And I think the fact that you just called it the sound of 2016 <laughs> is like fascinating. Because there's an Earth, Wind, and Fire song, probably from the 70s, called Kalimba Story, where the lyrics, the song starts like, I saw it in a store one day, and I thought it'd make me play future music for all of you. Wow. So it's like, it's a little (laughs) prophecy. You were foreshadowed in the 70s. That's very Prophecy from Maurice White back in the 70s. Right. I, I'm guessing that your kalimba is actually a sample pack course, that you're playing yes. on your computer. Yeah, you're not actually that, playing the kalimba. And we went out and bought like probably 16 and then tried them all out. <laughs> and, and then you sampled each yeah. one. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Nate, do you want to take us through our ideas of orchestration? So this kalimba melody, this kalimba riff that we hear in the beginning transforms when we get to the chorus into an acoustic guitar. I used to know you better. So at once it's kind of familiar and new. And then when we get to the post-chorus or the pop drop, I guess, it's there. And then it's like all these different instruments start to contribute to that riff. We have acoustic guitar, we have kalimba, and I think some synth bass as well are all kind of touching on that same riff. So this is to us like such fascinating like thread of continuity moving through the whole song, even as the song like radically changes from section to section. 
there's still this presence that is mm -hmm. constant yeah. throughout. Maybe it's that presence of sorrow and how I miss you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sure, Charles. I think it's <laughs> what if, that's what allows us to have the level of complexity that we do without getting too far off. It's because of that motif. That yeah, you stick of, to one thing yeah. and you mm -hmm. just work it and work it mm -hmm. and work it. Because sure. when, when we get then to the pop drop section, Nate and I were listening just the other night and I'm like, Nate, it's in there. It's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. It's in there. I guess in one respect, like we we do see kind of an analog to to what to what some classical musicians do. And to give uh, a little bit further detail of how Nate and I think about orchestration, we do a bit that we call classical masters. Charles, coming correct. Yes, we we see kind of an analog in classical music in terms of the way composers sometimes reorchestrate their other works that is just like in your piece the underlying melody is the same but the instrumentation of it keeps changing so Definitely. i thought for one cool example of this we could go first yeah. to the piece by modest masursky from uh obviously the late 1800s <laughs> called pictures at an exhibition and we can hear kind of the main theme of this piece for piano. And then the great French composer Maurice Ravel comes along a few decades later and takes this piece for piano and reorchestrates it for a symphony orchestra. Then in probably a century or so after the original, the rock band Emerson, Lake, and Palmer no. <laughs> do a prog rock version of the same piece reorchestrated this time for a rock organ trio. Sometimes those prog guys really actually just wanted to be in an orchestra, right? <laughs> yeah. I like this example because it shows the same melody over centuries transforming as different composers basically like keep the melody exactly intact. Like it doesn't change at all. All that changes are the instruments that play it from piano in the original to brass and strings in the second to rock drums and electric organ in, in the third. And every time it does, the quality of that melody changes dramatically in the way, like the meaning we draw from it and the emotional resonance of it changes so much. I guess in I Miss You, you're doing the same thing, but over the course of three minutes in, in one yeah. single song. Yeah. And it's brilliant because every time that riff returns, whether it's kalimba, acoustic guitar, or this kind of melange of instruments, it has a different meaning, even though you've heard it before. It sound it has a different yeah. meaning. It's very, it's very smart. So that's that's the classical kind of connection I think here. I think also when you, one thing that's really interesting to do is take one thing on its own and then see how that makes you feel at the beginning of a song, and then take that same thing but put something else over uh, it as a counterpoint, mm. and that's how in the drop we have the. Mm, 
that melody over that bass now, what's become a bass. That was the original melody. I used to know you better, better than anyone. Now I don't know you at all. And for me, it makes me feel differently. Huh. Yeah, recontextualizes it somehow. So did this song start from that riff? Yeah. It yeah, did. yes. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing that I picked up. It took me seriously, I think, fifteen lessons to realize really? that that was, was going on. Uh, yeah. Just because I was so taken by all of the other movement and orchestration that was happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. So where? So how did that? How did that riff start? Usually we uh, completely rewrite chords. Um, if if we're given a top line, we always like to write mm. our own mm. chords. But in this instance, we are given this with. A guitar playing that huh. exact rhythm and that melody. We tried to write other things, but this was so good huh. that we had to huh. use it. So we actually, yeah, just wrote the song around that that riff. Tell me about how you think about where you want to take it. What is that process of of trying on different elements? Some producers like to uh, just make a rough sketch of a song, of yeah. the whole song, and just generally get the sounds out, and then they'll, they'll go and refine them later. We work the complete opposite, where... We won't move on from the first 10 seconds or the first four bars until the first four bars sound amazing, <sighs> and then we'll move on, you know? Mm. One of the first things that we did, actually, in this song was we realized, if you listen to the intro, um, or to the first verse, the vocals are in triplets. And mm. growing up, I was always told, you know, learning drums, that you can never put 16th notes over triplets because they don't line up right. Oh, yeah. But in this case, it worked. The drums were playing... Doom, which is a 16th note rhythm, but the vocals are in triplets. So if you play yeah. that, it's actually really weird. Just cause I don't make a thing about it, don't mean that I'll never think about it. Cause I do. Just cause I learned how to live without you, don't mean that I ever really. Yeah. That's pretty hip. I did not even notice that. It sounds really natural. Yeah, it's like syncopated in a really cool way. Yeah. Anyway, so that's like what we started with was that idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we wow. call a little, a little bit of polymeter. Sure. Yeah. One of the things I'm really amazed by in, in this track are, I was saying earlier, the gestures and textures. And there's all these sounds that kind of like the Zed track with the, uh, yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what is that? I have to listen to that again. So what's this? It's a bow and arrow. <laughs> it's a bow and arrow? It's basically like a medieval bow and arrow sample, and it is actually hitting flesh. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen really closely, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like... We, we have this pack of movie sounds that, pe that um, movie yeah. audio guys for movies use, you know? And some, one thing that's really important to us is yeah. that our sounds sound different from anyone else's. And that's a good way is to use things that aren't made for music. So this is literally made for a medieval scene like Game of Thrones style. Yeah. <laughs> and we just found a bow and arrow hitting flesh and it sounded cool. So. What does that do to the meaning of this song? It doesn't do it. Okay, that, that, gets at, do anything. that gets at what I was saying before, yeah. which is that it doesn't have anything to do with right, the song. Right. It's literally just, it sounded cool yeah. and we like it. Just like a texture. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think what it does for the song for me is it, it just raises the stakes because sure. it takes mm -hmm. us to a new place. All right. And we're yeah. in a new spot. Yeah. It, actually, it is cinematic in that way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, we try to think of our music not as music totally. It's more that the music is a part of the whole thing. Mm. And that's why a lot of our, a lot of what we focus on is texture and ambience and, and where we are. We, we like to know where we're mm. at. Uh, so we'll create an ambience of that and 
we'll put a lot of quotes in our songs and things that add more than just the music. The music is just a piece of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by quotes in the song? Uh, we have a few songs, a few remixes, and a few of our new originals have quotes from different, I don't know, intellectuals, I guess, like oh. Carl Sagan <laughs> or something like that, huh. right? That perfectly fit the theme of what the song oh. was talking oh. about. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Okay, what's this? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what we used to make. <laughs> uh, Very industrial. Yeah. Um, I think it's just really... I think it's the snare that we made for this other song that we'd never end up using. And it's just like really heavily affected with... I don't know what... I can't remember. As a producer, snares are like gold. Yeah. Like a good a good snare is like currency, yeah. you know? It's so important, right? So like producers will give out a lot of things, but usually they really? hold on to their snares. So, yeah, no, snares are like the thing for oh. a producer. How much time you know? do you do you spend thinking about your drums? A lot. <laughs> yeah, it 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 really really matters that your drums sound good. So we don't. I don't know what that is. It's something cool. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the theme. Try, they're trying to protect their trade no, secrets. Yeah. Yeah. I wish, yeah. I, wish I could tell you exactly what it was, but I don't even remember. It's, it's probably a layer of like six different things to make a snare. Right. Like we, right. I think one time we went into our garage and recorded um, a wooden paddle hitting a ping pong ball, and then just used huh. that as the reverb for a snare. Yeah, that, that, like, that's oh. actually in starving. If you listen closely. Uh. The reverb from the snare is in our garage. Yeah, hitting a ping pong ball. So (laughs) there you go. Okay, there's there's a scoop. There's a scoop. (laughs) Scoop. (laughs) Scoop. Wow, that's going to be all over the net. Nice. <laughs> what you're saying in- reinforces this idea that the orchestration throughout this entire song is the reverb is orchestrated. It is this unique thing that you have grabbed and layered onto 10 different drums to create a single sound. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason why, as a listener, I'm, I'm coming away saying, I don't, what am I hearing? Yeah. You're basically creating mm-hmm. new instruments. I can't say, oh, that's that's the first chair mm-hmm. violin. Yeah. Right? It's its own thing. And sure. it's unique to the mm-hmm. track. It might be a sample library that the producer uses uh, through other things to develop a sound, but every single time you're making it just fit right in in, the, in its own perfect way. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I also, I just, I love this moment at the end. I miss you. Mm-hmm. You just take that guitar and... Yeah. yeah, it's literally just stretched in Ableton. It's beautiful. Yeah. It just sounds wonderful. <laughs> so you, you got this track, sound like you got some lyrics, you got some underlying guitar. What are you thinking about in terms of meeting that initial idea with all the production elements that you're bringing into it? How are you marrying the the, the lyric with uh, all of the production? I mean, I kind of get in a place where I try to imagine exactly where the vocal is or the production. And like for this song, for instance, I don't know, it was kind of like during a rainy season huh. and it really felt mm-hmm. like just you're sad and you're in a car and you've just broken up with your lover and you're just like sad and it's raining and you're drawing on a window, that type of feeling, like that melancholy Mm, feel. And like we kind of wanted to bring it to like a cool melancholy type place, like like tungsten type vibe. We wanted to make like a pop song that was like still really intelligent and cool in a way. And 
all the type of like instrumentation and stuff like that kind of felt that i don't know what do you think yeah no that sounds right yeah there's almost like a, a synesthetic quality yeah to the mm-hmm. whole track where it leaves you feeling with this like i miss you quality yeah, yeah. i really enjoyed that yeah it, it it really like i said before it really matters to us where mm. we are when we're making each song which makes uh music videos really easy yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah yeah, yeah. What should we uh, be looking out for from the Brothers Gray in the near future? Hmm. We are working on an EP right now, and uh, it'll be out. Pro- I mean, we keep saying it's going to be out, but it'll <laughs> be out like mid-2017 for sure. Awesome. Can't yeah. wait to hear it. Right yeah. on. Stay tuned. Well, I, I am absolutely digging. I miss you. I can't wait to see more and more. Uh, I, want, I want to see it rising at the charts and lots cool. of people listening to it. Um, thank you so much yeah. for breaking it down with yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Switched on Pop was produced by me, Charlie Harding. And edited by me, Nate Sloan, with the help of the talented Bill Lance. Our design is done by Luke Harris, and we are part of the wonderful Panoply Network. You can find more episodes on our website, switchedonpop.com, or on iTunes, where we have yet to receive a review in rhyme. So if you're feeling inspired, leave us a review in rhyme. Charlie is pushing, but if no one does, I'll just have to sign on and and do one myself (laughs) to end this. All right, so tell us what you're listening to on Facebook or Twitter. You can reach us at switchedonpop. We do want to know what's hot right now, what you're listening to. And we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, thanks thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.